Welcome to Untold Physio Stories, a podcast that informs and educates by connecting you to rehab industry leaders who share their candid successes and failures in business and practice. This episode of Untold Physio Stories is sponsored by Edge Mobility System. Edge Mobility System is your online site for everything a PT, OT, DC, MT, ATC, or fitness pro would need. Get certified in blood flow restriction therapy or training online. Check out our full modern manual therapy seminars, ISTM toolkit, edge suspension trainer, portable tables, and more. Untold Physio Stories listeners can save 10% by going to edgemobsys.com. That's E-D-G-E-M-O-B-S-Y-S.com slash untold to save 10% off their first purchase. Edge Health and Tech Solutions. We do websites that work for you and give you an edge over the competition. Did you know that you have less than 10 seconds to capture someone's interest in your website before they click away? How about the fact that most people are accessing your website from their phone? Save thousands and get a fully mobile, appealing, and SEO-optimized website linked to your social media, email list, and Google My Business. All for one low price and no monthly fees. Why not keep doing what you do best in your business and allow us to handle the tech side? Let's get started. Find us at edgehealthandtech.com. Welcome back to another episode of Untold Physio Stories. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. E, with Modern Manual Therapy, Edge Mobility System, Modern Rehab Mastery Online Mentoring, and of course, Untold Physio Stories Podcast. My co-host, Spear underscore Physio, or Andrew Rothschild, is not here today. Uh, and joining me again is uh, the guy who you never know what he's going to say when, when you meet him, John Crowley. How's it going today, John? It's going, it's going well. I'll take that as a huge compliment. <laughs> Great. Um, I could I could absolutely see. Uh, if you haven't listened to the last episode, you guys should listen to the last episode. Um, but first impressions make a big difference, as they say. And, you know, certain things have also happened to me, I should have said in the last podcast, where, you know, I thought everything goes great. And in the next one, one patient in particular, um, she came back to me and I said, hey, you know, how, how's everything going? She's like, I did all your exercises. You said I was a rapid responder. And she basically broke out bawling and 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 i was like oh i'm i'm too optimistic and i happened to also read research that week that said if you're too optimistic it could potentially affect uh outcomes adversely and then now i always think to myself like you you know you have that one experience am i being too optimistic am i being too positive (laughs) (laughs) i i real real quick i had a uh i had a patient too that you know um i thought her she the way that she behaved was one thing. The physician said it was something else. And when her and I were talking about it in the clinic one day, she um, wanted the physician present as well. And luckily I have a fantastic working relationship with this physician. Um, But she looked right at the physician and she says, well, he says it's this and you say it's this. So which one is it? (laughs) And I was kind of like, wow, uh, need to be careful with what what we say around here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right for sure. Um, that it's a good thing you had a good relationship with that physician, um, yeah. because that happens all the time, right? And I think you even you might even asked me in my live course a couple of weeks ago, like, 
when you say this and the doctor says this and the patient's worried about it, what, what do you say? You know, yeah. and that's, that's not an easy question to answer. Yeah. All right. So what's your, uh, what uh, John actually has to preface this probably the most interesting pain science story I've ever heard in my life. And I, I first took Butler's, uh, explain pain, his first U S tour in 2002. So I've been I've been listening for stories and only a handful ever stick out, but this one is going to, I'm going to talk about the story for the rest of my career. <laughs> no well, pressure. No pressure. Yeah. Yeah. You just put that flag way up on the hill. <laughs> right. So um, I, when, again, if you didn't listen to the first podcast, uh, maybe listen to that one first, because then that'll explain how I got here. But once I got here, I started to, um, I had my manual therapy certification complete and I'd done some uh, needling and I was working with a couple pain physicians and I get a lot of chronic pain. So I was looking for some help with how do we manage these people that are just constantly in pain, you know, and just a better understanding of pain. And I fell on to um, like some Adrian Lowe and Louis Pensador and some of these guys as pain neuroscience type stuff and started really to take a deep dive into that, read a lot of their literature, bought a lot of books, read David Butler's uh, Explain Pain. Um, and thought, wow, this is, this is going to, this is a fantastic explanation. Again, from my, my educated 30,000 foot view, um, I just have to tell patients that this is what pain is and people are going to get way better. <laughs> uh, and, and therein lies the cognitive dissidence, uh, that preceded epic failure after failure, after failure, after failure. And just trying to explain pain. And I probably made more people incredibly mad um, and trying to explain this. And I got so many people just talking about, uh, so it's all in my head. So it's all in my head. Um, and failure after failure after failure. And, but that's good. It helps you refine your wording, um, explain things with, you know, metaphors and analogies, uh, don't bring personal experience into it. Uh, it's all about them and their, their pain. Um, and then one day I had uh, a patient um, that I considered just my, my pain neuroscience epic breakthrough. And I thought there, there is a place for this for sure in my, my practice. <laughs> and so she had been in a uh, car accident probably about um, six weeks prior to actually coming in and seeing me. And she came in with just this diffuse cervicalgia, posterior neck pain, um, decreased range of motion, maybe a little bit of tingling in the arm and everything. Um, and when we got to talking, um, she was driving and her daughter was in the passenger seat. And I think her daughter was about 16 at the time. Um, and it was a pretty significant uh, collision. Um, and I think, I think a lot of the underlying um, anxiety or, or for lack of a better term, some, some PTSD that she might've had with this uh, accident was the fact that her, her daughter was in the car and, and, you know, things could have potentially been a lot worse with her child. Um, so uh, we were kind of working through some things. Um, six weeks after um, me personally, I get to the point where I actually start to assess joints. Um, whereas before we just really try to calm things down, uh, in the first few weeks after something like that. So she was kind of past that. And luckily she had not engaged in, um, any specific treatment, um, going to someone and they just take tissues that's 
already overstretched and continue to stretch them even more. Um, but she was just really tight and stiff and very, very fearful of movement. Um, so we just kind of started with getting some circulation, doing like a bike where she could actually do that without stress on the neck or upper extremities and started to talk a little bit about pain, um, triggers, sensitivity, and all these kinds of things. Um, and then work on breathing patterns and try to get her into some things. Uh, and we weren't really getting anywhere with her after a couple weeks. Um, and we continued to just kind of talk. I was, I was still maybe a, a year into this pain neuroscience thing and started talking about things. And then she's, you know, I think the big thing with that is people see that you care and you're interested in them and their story rather than just giving them book explanations of the way things are or should be. Um, so the more we kind of talked about her and the accident and her daughter and stuff that they were doing in life and how this pain affects her, um, she kind of started to open up a little bit more. And then one day um, she opened up to me that, you know, I'm, I'm still driving and I get my neck is incredibly tense when I drive. Um, and I said, okay, I said, so there's probably some underlying anxiety and you're a little fearful, which is hundred percent normal. That's to be expected. Why wouldn't you be if you've been through an enormous trauma like that? Um, and, and then she had started talking about some chest pain. So we started to dig a little deeper into that. And she had told me that she had seen her primary about the chest pain. It was left side, um, kind of into the arm. Uh, and of course that raises red flags for anybody in the medical industry that, oh, she's having, you know, maybe she's going to have a heart attack or something like that. Um, she was, she was not old, um, late forties, I think mid to late forties. Um, so, and fairly active. Um, she did some, have some stress. I think she was in graduate school at the time and trying to work and everything. But, um, so we, we started talking about that a little bit more to just get a better understanding of the chest pain. Um, and I said, you know, when we started talking about when is it, do you have it at night? No. Do you have it when you're, you know, when you're exercising in here on the bike? No, not really. Do you have it in the car? Well, sometimes, uh, I thought, okay, well that makes a little bit more sense if you have it in the car and you're already kind of having this, um, this increased accessory muscle activation in the neck. So, um, we talked about it a little bit more and then it came out that it only happened. The chest pain was there when it was raining. Um, and I thought, well, that's incredibly interesting. Uh, and I think I had forgotten or maybe didn't ask her the weather conditions when she was in the motor vehicle accident initially. Um, and then when we, when I asked her that, I asked her if it was raining. She's like, yeah, it was, it was really raining. Um, and I don't know if it impaired vision or anything like that, but it was raining when she got in the accident. Um, so I kind of dove a little bit deeper into the specifics of the pain. And I said, where is it? And essentially where she pointed it out um, was where she was bruised a little bit after the accident, but it's right where the seatbelt ran. Um, and I didn't approach it like this, hey, this is what's going on. We kind of approached it like, that's interesting, and that's where your seatbelt's at, and didn't you have bruising there? And yeah, and this only happens when it rains, and it, yeah, um, and you're already tense anyway because of driving, yeah, and just kind of slowly got her to understand that. And I think she just got to this aha moment where this, like the anxiety, the stuff that's going on from a, uh, you know, psychological kind of standpoint is one of the major drivers in this. Um, and that allowed her to actually participate a little bit more in therapy and start to regain ranges of motion because she knew that what she was doing actively wasn't the cause of the pain. Um, 
and that was just like, you know, that's better than getting uh, the, the cavitation on the lumbar roll or the in the cervical spine where you high five your buddies. I went around and just told everybody that, well, breakthrough. <laughs> we finally did something here with this pain neuroscience stuff um, that seems like it had a positive impact. So, um, and she did end up getting uh, significantly better and was able to return to graduate school and schoolwork and driving with less discomfort and everything. Um, and back to just a regular active lifestyle, um, which was just, just a win all the way around. But I don't know if that would have happened without her coming to the conclusion that, that the pain is a result of, you know, not a physical nature, but more of uh, a response to threat, stimulus, thoughts, all that kind of thing. So, sure. yeah, that, that's a really probably, again, the most interesting neuro tag, um, I've ever heard. And, you know, it, it's, it's fortunate really that you even stumbled upon that. I don't know if I would have, you know, I've discussed this with a couple of my mentees and, um, I don't know if I would have come to that conclusion, you know, or, or it's really fortunate that you asked her for, I mean, some, sometimes patients don't tell you that it would have gone in the referral pattern of a seatbelt. They would have just stuck to their upper quarter where, you know, where you're addressing all their complaints. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, that, that... I in no way, shape or form do I attribute this to me being aware of what I was doing or skilled in any sense of the imagination. I, I tripped in a hole and hit my head on the way down and there was a hundred dollar bill on the ground. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that, thanks for sharing that story. I, uh, I can't wait to hear people's reactions on social media. All so right. there, you can win at pain science. That's the, uh, that's the message. I think that's what I'll title this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> They're out there. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, you're probably still going to lose more than you win, but, but when you win, it's going to be a big one. I was thinking about that the other day that it's probably, uh, kind of akin to starting a stand up comedy career, right? Where, Oh, absolutely. Uh, but but also, if you never became a successful comedian. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had to have like uh, a bunch of other side jobs, um, yeah. but you still just did it nightly and no one actually most of the time laughed at your jokes. That's your, family, what your family came in for support. Right, right. Not everyone is David Butler or Lorimer Mosley, which is what I, I always think to myself because <laughs> they fail all the time too. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for coming back on, John. Absolutely. Have a good day. All right, you too. Well, you can find me, uh, Dr. E, at Modern Rehab Mastery. That's our new online mentoring program. It includes modern manual therapy, modern patient education, and modern strength training. It's three months with three mentors, so one month with each mentor, four weeks, tons of modules, lots of CEUs, learn at your own pace for a month, then move on. Um, so go beyond the seminar. You also get chat room um, with your mentees and mentors and live Q&As every week. Check out all my products, Edge Mobility System. We have the new Edge ISTM toolbox that includes the Edge Mobility Star and the OG Edge Mobility Tool, our Edge Restriction System BFR cuffs. That's part of Dr. Kyle Coffey's Modern Strike Training BFR certificate. Uh, I hope to see you at a live eclectic approach course soon. That's Modern Manual Therapy. Um, in U.S., Canada, and South America. And uh, make sure to rate Untold Physio Stories five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also subscribe on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And as always, you guys have an awesome day.